Everyone give Austin and Brittany a hand. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, it's an honor to be with you guys. We love you all. And uh, yeah, this is going to be my third time speaking. And Kyle made a suggestion that Brittany speak. And when I told her, what did you say, baby? No. I said no. Yeah, she said no. And uh, so I was like, well, what if we did this together? And, and uh, the more no. we talked about it, yeah, she, she was like, okay, we can do this. And so tonight we're doing something we've never done before. Uh, we are simply uh, telling our stories. We are going to be talking to you guys about three different stories. Each of us are going to just do three separate stories uh, about the things that have kind of shaped us in our life. We all are going to have things that happen to us, whether they're our choices someone else's choices or just life circumstances, things are going to take place in our life, right? And really what is going to define our future is how we react to those circumstances. And our situations are going to be unique. We grew up, and you're going to hear it, in totally different kind of family lives, experience very different things. But the thing that is the same is that God wants to do incredible things in your life. And although he doesn't do hard things to us, we're not all going to just talk about hard things, but although he doesn't do hard things to us, the hard things that happen to us from other people's choices, our choices, or life circumstances can create in us um, someone that God can use in a mightier way because through all those times, we're going to see his faithfulness over and over again. Right, baby? Right. Yeah. And so we're going to start with just kind of uh, giving you a summary of our lives. I am Austin. As Kyle said perfectly, I'm the student ministries director of New Mexico for the New Mexico Ministry Network. Look, he messed it up. All those words. I, I, I don't, you did it. I don't even say it. I don't know. You know, they, my, my, they were supposed to say, they, originally when I came in, they were like, well, maybe we'll change it to next-gen pastor. And I was like, I like that. It's way easier to say. So just start but, telling you know, people that. I know. I probably should. Anyway, so I grew up in Albuquerque. All right. If you didn't know that, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, right over here in the East Mountains. I went to La Cueva High School, whether you like that or not. Get over it. Okay. Anyways, um, and so basically went there, went to UNM for two and a half years, studied business, and then, yeah, everyone's Lobo. Woo, woo, woo. And, uh, and from there, just felt like that was not what I was going to do with my life. I was studying business and just was like, this, this doesn't feel right. And you'll notice points in your life where whatever you're doing just doesn't feel right. doesn't feel like that's where God is leading you. And so after praying about it, fasting about it, I felt like I was supposed to go to SAGU, uh, which is Southwestern Assemblies of God University, and go to Bible college to become a minister, which I know why God did that, because that's where we met. And, uh, you know, a, a year and a half later, we're married. Ring by and, spring. Uh, ring by spring, yeah. or the next spring, whatever. It was at you know. least another spring. Right, yeah. And, uh, and then we were youth pastors after that in Houston, New Mexico, Houston, New Mexico, back now to New Mexico. Have two beautiful boys. But that's just kind of my summary, and so I'm going to let Brittany give hers. All right, hers. my turn. Okay, so I was born in a military hospital in San Antonio, Texas. I'll kind of go into more of that military base, kind of talk later. But um, we moved to New York. My father's from New York. So we moved up there, and we spent one incredibly— Upstate New York. Upstate New York. Yeah. One incredibly bad winter there. Had a major blizzard. My mom said, we are moving back to the warmth. So we moved back to Texas. That's where I grew up. And um, basically grew up, went to a large high school in the south where we had bonfires and Friday night lights and football 
and fishing and church. That was our and Jesus. Those were our weekends in that order. Um, But my grandfather founded the church that my parents actually pastor now. So I was a grandparents pastor kid, GPK, and then I was a PK. GPPK. GPP, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was it. Then I went to Sagu Bible College where my grandparents met. And then went to Sagu, met Austin. Where we met. Got married. And uh, what happened next? Had children. Yep. (sighs) Had kids. Bad order. Had those things. And had our two crazy children. Yeah. Joshua and Judah. That's right. That's right. Well, that is our Instagram story life, um, right? So that's just like the filtered version. And the thing about life is it's not filtered. And uh, it's not easy. And sometimes things happen to us. Like I said earlier, circumstances happen. And so Brittany and I are going to kind of talk to you just about a little bit about our family lives. I grew up in, uh, and I'll show you a picture of my two parents are up here. You can throw that up if it's available. Um, Those are my two parents. Uh, My dad's name is Dennis. My mom's name is Wendy. And that is all I know of them being together. They divorced when I was one years old. And so I never knew what life was like of my two parents being together. And if you know anything about divorce, if your parents are divorced or you deal with one parent that isn't there, it's not easy, right? And so when I was... uh, when my parents divorced, I lived with my grandmother, which I do remember that. I lived with her with my dad for a few years. And then my parents got married uh, to other people. Okay. And so my whole life, I lived with step parents and they stayed with those people. They're still married. They've been married for almost 30 years now, both of them, which is awesome and a testament to what God did in their life through that time. But it was very different growing up in two households. How many of you guys have divorced parents or anything like that? So quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not easy, right? And uh, growing Growing up with step-parents was not easy for me. Uh, I don't know how it is for you guys, but I fought with my stepmom especially all the time, and my stepdad, and I just had a really hard time getting uh, along. And, and so I, I grew up, middle school and high school became, I stayed with my mom during the week, my dad on the weekends, and that was just my life. And I, I didn't really enjoy much of that, but I remember when I was 18 years old, in my youth group, I really had given my life to the Lord at that time. And I remember God really spoke to me that I needed to love my step-parents and give them the opportunity to, um, to be my parents. And from that point on, I just loved them. I chose to love them. I chose to give them a voice in my life. And my relationship with them now is incredible. I love my stepdad. And I even have pictures of my family now. You can throw up there. Uh, I'll show you my uh, that's my mom's family. And so I have, because of them, I have three more siblings uh, that are from my mom and my stepdad. And then my dad's family, you can throw up there. And that is my, my sister and my brother from their side as well. And so I, I, I tell you all this to say this. The thing is that God can take something that, that, that Satan meant to harm, right? As scripture says, God didn't want my parents to get divorced. God doesn't want your parents to get divorced. But Broken people break people sometimes, right? And they do things that hurt us, but at the same time, God can make something really good out of it. Now, we have two Christmases every year with my parents. Hallelujah. Um, we, we have two families that love us incredibly. A lot of and, and here, I'm gonna tell you one thing too. I got to see the parenting of both sides of my families. And now, because of that, I see how I want to raise my children. And so God even used something like that when he changed my heart to um, bring life 
into a situation where there was death. And so I don't know where your family situation is. Maybe it's going to be a little more, more like where Brittany is. I don't know. Um, but choose to find love even in people that maybe aren't your parents, right? And then ultimately, too, we have a heavenly father who loves us. Whether you have a father at home or not, God is your father, and he cares about you more than any earthly father ever could, and he wants to take that role for you. And, uh, and so I just encourage you with that. That's a little bit about my family life, and Brittany, go ahead with yours. Mine's a little different. Very different. Very Okay, a little very different. In a good way. Yes. Um, but to begin, I kind of wanted to, um, when I think about my life and what would really sum me up, I always boil it down to three words, and y'all are going to laugh. Okay, but I'm American, I am Southern, and I'm a Christian. Not in those order, not in that order. But, um, but basically, that's if you find me in a dictionary. That's my three things. Write those down. That very Just much kidding. defines okay. you, yes. No, but so I grew up in a very Christian home. I have a very strong Christian legacy. My grandparents founded the church that my parents now pastor, and they also uh, founded a few other churches down in the South. So... I grew up with that. My grandparents met at a Bible college. My parents met at a Bible college. We met at a Bible college. My brother and my sister-in-law met at a Bible college. And our our children are, gonna, yes. are going to a Bible college. Yes. Because we're paying for it and they're getting... <laughs> well, they might pay for it, but we'll make them do it. Well, yeah. no. <laughs> they're going to a Bible college. And so, can you... Never mind. Okay, sorry, no. Okay, so they're... Yeah. So, um, but anyways, my parents are actually celebrating the 36th wedding anniversary this year. And so in all 36 years, I've been happy, at least so I can see, because they didn't really fight in front of us. So if anything happened where they were unhappy with each other, it was behind closed doors. But um, they were happily married for us. Um, they were always a team. You never went up against either one of them. You never went to mom if you've already gone to dad. You don't go up to dad ever. He's <laughs> military intelligence, so good luck. But... Um, so, I mean, I had very good, strong role models when it came to marriage. But um, we made very little money, basically, with what my parents did for a living. We made little money, but we always found happiness and being together and, and actually going to church. And that sounds funny, but that is what it is. And when I think about my childhood, I think of church. And I think of the two church buildings that our church was in and all of the little best hiding spots and where all the candy was stored and all of that kind of stuff. And so we were very, very involved with church. And um, I also had a very close uh, mentor who is older than me. who was about four years older than me. And she really helped, especially through what I was going through, being a teenager, being a teenage girl. Um, she really helped develop me into the strong, Christian, confident woman that I feel like I am. But <laughs> So just having that mentor of being involved in church and doing those kind of things was really what helped um, make my childhood kind of enjoyable to think about. But yeah. um, so when you grow up in church like I did and when you regularly attend church yeah. and I think regularly participate in church, which yeah. I think are two very different things when Amen. you attend and then when you participate, you are really privileged into a lot of things. Like you get to go to youth group, which is fun and it's a free event. Amen. Should be a free event. And so it's fun. It gives you something to do, or at least gets you out of trouble. You're not doing something that you're not supposed to be doing every Wednesday night. <laughs> but you get to go to camp, and you get to go to Ooh. fine arts and convention, all the things that we lead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's just, it's a cool lifestyle, and it's a different lifestyle. And I extremely enjoyed it. So I encourage you, stay involved in church. Yeah. And the thing I love about that, too, is... 
I don't know what your situation is now, but one thing like hearing, like when I met Brittany, the thing I loved is her family, um, that they were together, they were united in everything. And, and, uh, one thing that it, it helped me see is that's what I want for my kids. I want them to grow up with parents. They're not worried about getting divorced, right? With, with people who love God and take them to church and teach them godly values and teach them who Christ is. And, uh, you can do that too. No matter where you've come from, that doesn't define your future, right? And so God wants to just redeem any situation and bring you through that. Um, another thing that, that you're going to experience in your life and that we're going to be talking about now is, is trusting God. Anybody ever have a hard time trusting God? Anybody? I, I'll, I'll never forget there's this time in my life that God really showed me that I have trust issues with him. Um, and this situation may not pertain to you, but you can tell trust does, right? So basically, I had been a youth pastor in Houston, Texas, went to Farmington, New Mexico. And in Farmington, New Mexico, we had a great job. It's one of those jobs as a minister you like, you really like because you make great money, not great money, good money. You have insurance and benefits and all those things that you're like, this is awesome, right? Like I, she was able to stay home. Most times she went to school at the time and I was able to provide for the family. And I thought, this is great. And then God called us to go back to Houston, Texas, uh, back with her family. And what that meant was taking an enormous pay cut and having to live with her parents, okay? Which was awesome. It was great. But as a- This as, is recorded. Right. As a provider, um, it, was, it was difficult for me. Um, to go back. I knew that God wanted us to, but I struggled and I started realizing what I had a really hard time trusting God in was finances. Um, I was always a good steward of my money, my money, right? Like that's how I felt. I always had enough money in our savings account, to take care of my family if anything went wrong, which I don't think is a bad thing, obviously. But what I started to recognize is that I had major trust issues with God. Uh, when it came to money, like, God, are you going to provide, right? You're going to provide, right, God? That's what you promised in your word, right, God? And what happened is we began to make a little bit more money to where we were able to finally get a house. And so God was blessing us and was like, okay, everything's good. And then the church hit a really hard financial period where over the course of about six months, we didn't get paid for about a month of paychecks during six months. And if you know anything, when you're not making a lot of money as it is, that makes a huge difference. And I'll never forget, I was coming home from youth camp after having a wonderful time with God. And uh, on the way home, I'm driving a bus full of kids. And I got a text from her dad that said, sorry, guys, I'm just not going to be able to make paychecks this week. And I remember I just sank. The kids didn't know this, but I just sat there. And I was so angry at God. It's like, God, why did you call us to come back here? Why did you do this? I don't even know if I can pay my bills. I don't know what you're doing. And I remember walking in the house, I saw Brittany and I just broke down. I literally had a nervous breakdown. Um, I was just crying uncontrollably. I couldn't, like, I, I just could no longer control how I was feeling. And through that process, coming out of that, finally having that nervous breakdown moment showed me I did not trust God. Like, I just didn't trust him. God, I knew he called me to go back there. I knew that he was in control of my life, but I just wasn't trusting him. And through that, I eventually just said, okay, God, 
I am going to trust you with my finances. And literally from that point on, everything began to change. Like our church was doing better. We didn't have any more paychecks that, that weren't able to be uh, cashed. And, and it was just this time where now in this job, we've just feel so blessed with what we get to do now. And we just feel financially blessed and all these things. But it came from this moment of just saying, God, I am going to trust you. So it may not be finances someday. It probably will be in your life. But it may be trusting God with where you're going in school, with your relationships, with the future that God has for you. I don't know what it is for you, but trust God. He has your best in mind. Brittany? Not really a transition from that. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so I guess kind of, kind of along the same lines is, and then back to my three points. Yeah. Being American and Southern. Yeah. And what was my other one? Christian. Sorry. Yeah. That um, one. Most important, yeah. It's time to talk about being from Texas, because that's all Texans all really want to do. And she has some pictures Texas. for this. We do, yeah. Southern. I mean, if we miss the pictures, we can show them later, because I like pictures. Yeah. But there are some cool pictures of me. In te- okay. Do we'll you have her with Texas around her neck? Yeah, there you go. That was a Halloween costume <laughs> for like two years, actually. Yeah. Still. And the next could, one, you can show the next one, too. No, that was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, that, it'll make sense in a minute. So anyway, so I talked about being from the South, and it really has formed who I am. That right there is who I am, right there. I enjoy the simple things of life. Um, no, but I, I, I enjoy camping. I enjoy getting dirty if there's a shower nearby. I enjoy being outside. I enjoy fishing for the most part. Crawfish boils. Craw- okay, well, yeah, Southern yeah. food's amazing. So anyways. So, um, but the thing that I've learned about being in New Mexico a few times is that New Mexico is not the South. It's not Texas, but I like to say that my house is a little, little piece of the South in the desert. But anyways, um, to make it to a point being from the South was one of the biggest things that ever happened to us personally was when I was outside of Texas. And that's really what was the most, the hardest part about being, was, was about being it. Being Southern. Being Southern, In New Mexico. So anyways, it happened in Farmington, New Mexico. And anytime somebody brings up Farmington, everybody looks at me because they just wanted to see like, anyways, it was before Chick-fil-A and Chipotle moved in. It was a dark, dark place. (laughs) It was sad. Now we drive through and we're like, where was this six years ago? But so anyways, okay, go with me guys. Okay, so not only... She has a point, yes. <laughs> somewhere in here. But not only was I really kind of an outsider, basically on location, but we also didn't have many friends. We didn't have any family in town. Um, we weren't invited over for, like, holidays. And it's those small holidays. If you're away from family, um, it's those small holidays. Like, I remember we sat at home during Easter. We sat at home for a Super Bowl. We sat at home for July 4th. Um, just we didn't have the family. And my family throws a party for, like, anything and everything. You, Every Sunday. You show up and there's food and they're like welcoming you with open arms. And so it was a very different culture. It was a very, very different location. But I say all of this is that I want you to make, for you to understand that I felt kind of alone, very outside, like yeah. an outsider. Yeah. But um, to the point. But while we were kind of going through all of that stuff, we also went through two miscarriages while we were up there. And so that was very difficult to not be able to have your family and your friends to support 
for going through that, especially I think as a woman. And I think we were, I mean, we were together and we were married and I never felt alone because he was always very supportive, but it just felt very different and very alienated. And so that was really, really hard. But um, after the second miscarriage, God started putting himself in everything, in every conversation, everywhere. He was putting himself in there physically, like tangibly, emotionally, mentally. He was just starting to make his presence known to me. And um, Austin has some amazing stories, and I wish you had time to talk about them, but of just prophetic times that people would come up to you and to talk to you about kind of what we were going through. Um, I remember we would go to church, and a worship song would come on, and it's exactly what I needed to hear. You know, if you've all had those moments where it's like you go to church, and it's like, wow, that's what I really needed to hear. And then scripture verses, and one of the scripture verses that really hit was Jeremiah 29, 11, when it talks that um, basically that he knows and that he has the best plans for you and that there's a hope in everything and hope really became our motto that entire year and um, we actually had during that time we had a band come to our church and it's the Daniel Bashta band I don't know if anybody's heard them but you've heard their song God's Not Dead right that's the name of the song yeah God's Not Dead Newsboys made it big took it away from Daniel Bashta but whatever <laughs> but so they came to I'm sure he made a lot of money from that so well okay. I hope so but uh, so he came to, um, they named a movie after it. That's true. Okay. So he came to church and um, he's really cool because he was very open about how he and his wife struggled with infertility. And so they had a song that was specifically for that struggle. And I was actually taking pictures for the band. But when that song came on, I just was like a ball of like tears in the back. So many emotions. So many emotions. I don't have a lot of emotions. No, just kidding. So I was a mess, but afterwards, um, they actually took the time to come over and to pray for us, and because they had knew, know, knew about our struggle, and so they really took the time to pray for us, and that to me was just like so cool. It gave us so much hope, because the name of the song that I'm just now remembering was called Let Hope In, and so that was like, okay, God, I understand, and so between that, and there was this other um, pastor who was in the church who always held these prayer meetings on Sunday nights, and I refused to go because I don't like crying. And so I was like, I know if I go, I'm going to just start crying because I'm going to be sitting in the chair. But I ended up going because of the band. I think that's what convinced me to go. But So I went, and um, they started to look around like, okay, who's going to come to the Jesus chair? Like we called it the Jesus chair. They the, had this chair that they would sit people in, and then everyone would get around you and just pray. And watch you It was cry. incredible. You know. And so anyways, so I As go they watch to the you chair. Just, they all look at me. And I start crying the minute they look at me, and my bum hits the seat, and I'm in tears already. But I just remember everything that was said over me. I remember how many times somebody said hope, and I don't think we had ever told anybody that hope was like our motto, but I just remember that entire prayer, and I know for a fact that I was like healed physically in that chair. And not only was I healed physically, but I know that I was healed emotionally, and I was healed mentally. And it wasn't all specifically for my body, and it wasn't all about our children, but it was that God is in control of all things. He's in control if I never have a child, and that I'm okay with that, and that if I never go back to Texas, then I'm okay with that, and so I had to, right, hopefully, actually, well, never mind, side note, okay, and so, um, no, we're not going back to Texas. <laughs> we went after this to Texas. I, we, yeah, we did, okay, but, um, <laughs> there's still hope. You're going to make them hope. think we're leaving this position and going to Texas or something. Okay. See ya. We're not. No, I'm just kidding. 
No, but, um, okay. But it helped us with every decision that we make. Just basically that when God calls us somewhere, that there's going to be blessing in it. And we've seen that in our life. And he blesses with two kids in there. Awesome. Amazing. Most of the time. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Love you, babies. Yeah, so whatever you guys are going through in your life, trust is like this huge thing, right? Trusting God, trusting God that he has your best in, in mind. And then the last thing we're going to try to talk about quickly, because I know that we probably don't have a whole lot of time, um, is how we deal with loss. Um, all of us deal with loss in different ways. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story, and, uh, and that is that when I was a youth pastor for one month, I got a call from my grandmother. This is my mom's grandma, and, or my mom's mom. And be, cut, at that time, she just called me out of the blue and said how much she loved me and all these things, and, uh, which was pretty normal, you know, uh, for my grandma. We had a really close relationship. And then the next day, we get up there, or I'm sorry, we get up there. My mom calls me. And my grandmother, who just had called me the day before, had committed suicide. And when I found that out, I didn't know how to deal with that. I don't think we ever know how to deal with loss. And if you guys in here are, have ever dealt with suicide or dealt with loss, you don't know in that moment how to deal with that or how to figure that all out. Because how could this person who says they love you and who seems to have their life all together and everything do something like this? And why I tell you this and kind of let you into this part of my life is because of this. I know statistics say that probably one of you in this room has struggled with those kind of thoughts before, or you know someone who struggles with these, those kinds of thoughts. And if there's anything I can tell you is this, we would have given anything to have my grandmother back, anything. No matter what she did, we didn't care. We just wanted her back. But when you look at everything and afterwards, what I recognize is this, that God loved my grandmother, and he loves you. He loves, and he, 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 he had just as much pain, way more pain than I had in my heart he had for that situation and for her. And I think the hardest thing, too, for all of us to deal with in life is loss, you know, we can, we, can, we can figure out life circumstances. We can try to get through all these different things. But when, we, when loss comes, it's something that we can't understand and we can't explain. But know this, that God wants to heal you in that. And I know this, that, man, I remember being in my grandma's house and we're all crying. We're all talking about what she, you know, had done in her life and all the great things, her amazing laugh, her amazing, I, I have a picture of her. Uh, she has these amazing blue eyes and I remember all these things, wonderful things about her. And yet there's this sadness because it's like, she'll never meet my kids. And at that time we hadn't even been married yet and she wouldn't get to see what we did now. And, and all these things, I still to this day think about this, you know, um, but at the same time, what I had to do in loss, whether it's suicide, or whether you lose someone this close to you, is you, I had to run to God. I had to tell God my hurts and be honest with him because I was ticked off. <laughs> I was not okay with this. My grandmother just did something that to me was like unforgivable, right? But I had to find it in my heart to forgive her and to love her like God loved her and does love her, right? And I don't know if I'm going to see her in heaven. I think that's one of the hardest things for me. I don't know where she was really at with God, to be honest. 
But what I do know is this, that I can choose to forgive, that I can choose to love her, that I can choose to remember the good times, and that I can run to God when I'm hurt and when I'm experiencing loss, and he will heal my heart. And he did. It was amazing when I finally said, God, I am giving this to you. He healed me. I mean, he healed my heart. And so tonight, guys, if you're dealing with that kind of stuff, if you're dealing with loss, if you're dealing with thoughts of suicide, if you're dealing with any of that stuff, talk to someone. There's people who need to, to hear you tell them what you're going through so that they can help you heal. There's counselors that you can talk to. There's pastors in this room you can talk to because we should never have a permanent solution to a temporary problem, right? And we need to make sure that we voice those things, we voice our hurts, our concerns, and are able to deal with loss well. And I know that's super heavy, and, uh, and, and it should be, right? Because we all deal with loss and Brittany is going to kind of bring this around and bring a lighter note to this as she's talked about her Southern American and Jesus. But um, it's time for America. there's another other ways, too, that we deal with loss in our lives. And it doesn't mean always the death. Um, and Brittany is going to talk to you a little bit about that as well. So like what you just said is that loss doesn't necessarily always mean death. And so a little bit of... Um, the way that I experienced loss was with my father. And um, most of you weren't even born yet, or um, I probably don't even remember, but September 11th happened. 2001, they wouldn't have been born and yet. And if you haven't been paying attention <laughs> in your history class, which I hope you all have, September 11th is basically where terrorists came and made America mad, and yep. we went to war. Right. And um, I just remember that day very, very clearly, and I remember that because, as I said earlier, I was born on an Army base, my dad joined the military before I was born, basically to help with finances. Um, he enlisted as a, an army reservist, which meant that he was not active. Um, and then we basically, that meant while we were growing up, we visited historical military locations. And I have some pictures, and I bet you don't even know them, historical military location, but I do. And that's what uh, we did for our vacations. Um, well, I get, you know that location. Um, <laughs> But um, that meant that we didn't stay at the uh, hotels. We stayed on army bases, which uh, was not super fun. But as a teenage girl walking around with men in uniform, no, just kidding. Okay, sorry, no. <laughs> Anyways, you know what I'm talking about. No, but everything really happened on, changed on September 11th. And I remember going home, and I remember my brother being super quiet. And he usually really keeps to himself, but he just looked at me, and he goes, you know that this means dad's going to be deployed, right? And I was like, no, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then we got the call to the principal's office. And um, I remember that day very vividly as well. But um, my father was actually deployed. He was gone for 15 months. Uh, we had little contact. We didn't watch the news. We didn't. They didn't have Zoom calls back then. No Zoom calls. No Skype. Yeah, anything. Skype, no nothing. Um, so we didn't watch the news. Didn't really do any of that stuff. Didn't listen to any of the rumors. Um, just waited for him to call every three weeks or so. But um, So during that time, my brother, my mother, and I really had to grow up together very quickly. And um, growing up very quickly in those specific years was really rough. And we all experienced anxiety levels very, very higher than you probably should have when you were that age. And I know my mom did, and it was very crippling, and he, she went through some health issues because of the anxiety, and so did I, but um, we all just kind of held together, and um, it was, I mean, I love my father, and I'm so thankful 
for what he did. And that's why I say that I'm American is because I'm very proud of what he did. And I'm very proud for being in America and for all the other soldiers. And I love veterans and I love veteran work. And I'm proud um, to say that I'm from a military family. But that was just a little bit of taste, a little taste of the loss that I had experienced. And I am so thankful that my father came home. Um, Because back then it was before you kind of knew what everything was going on. So you had people looking at you like, your dad's not going home, not coming home. And so that was really difficult. But, and I remember this one time, and it's kind of a weird memory, but we got our groceries and you came home and we're trying to like put our groceries away and I wanted salsa. And it was like, this jar is really hard to open. So my brother tried to open it and my mom tried to open it and I tried to open it and nobody could open it. It was like, where's dad? Like, oh wait, dad's not here. So it's like a funny, weird memory, but that's just what made us feel kind of hopeless in that situation. But um, the thing that really, really helped, honestly, um, was just staying involved with the church. And we were extremely involved with church, extremely involved with church activities. I had a mentor, like I said earlier, who's four years older than me, who is mature enough to handle those situations. And that's what I encourage you, is that if you're going through something, find a mentor that is mature enough to help you through those situations. Not someone who's on the same level with you that is able to kind of like just cry with you, but somebody who's really able to cry with you and to be able to like spiritually speak into you. Yeah, no, that's so good. So tonight, guys, we just, we really wanted to just be open with you, authentic with you, talk to you about our life and not our Instagram life. Um, this is a new thing for us to be able to do this, and, and we love just sharing with you guys. And so tonight, the, just to recap the kind of things, no matter where you come from, no matter what's happened to you, whether you've experienced loss, you can trust God. You can trust him. No matter what comes your way, trust God. Proverbs 3, 5, you can throw that up there. Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not, and do not lean on your own understanding. And I think if, if you'd sum up, sum up what we talked about tonight, it's that. That no matter what comes your way in your life, you guys have not yet experienced miscarriages and you've not yet experienced, and hope you never do, but you've not experienced maybe loss on a grand scale. Maybe you have. Maybe your family has always stayed together. Maybe not. We all deal with these kind of things maybe in different ways, right? Whether no matter where you're coming from, God wants to redeem you. No matter where you've been, God wants to redeem your life. No matter what things you have anxiety or stress over, God needs you and wants you to trust him. And no matter where you've been with experiencing loss, know that God can heal you. And so tonight what we want to do is we just pray over you guys and then uh, give it up to Emily to close us out. Lord, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you that our stories, God, all of our testimonies bring life. We know that, that we can show you and your faithfulness, God, through our situations. And I pray, God, no matter what these students are dealing with in their lives, whether it's loss or hurt or pain, God, or maybe life right now is great, God, no matter what, that they would be able to trust in you, that they would focus on you, that they would know that you care about them, that you love them, that you have a plan for their life. And God, no matter what comes, Lord, that they know that you will be faithful. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for tonight. In your name, amen. Amen.